0: Rosie thank you so much for your very warm welcome and delighted to be here amongst uh, distinguished all authors and yes uh, the, the the latest book that uh, that I'm here to talk about 60 harvests left actually the subtitle is uh, is the most important how to reach a nature friendly future. And to illustrate this evening, I'd like to just um, share a few slides. Uh, uh, These are pictures that are taken um, during the writing of the book. 60 Harvests Left is all about the fact that we live in a finite world. And essentially, we as a society have been living as if in a perpetual summer of endless consumption, as if there are no barriers. But we're starting to see uh, with uh, the talk of the climate crisis and the collapse of nature, health emergencies, we're starting to see the leaves of the trees around us going brown. We're moving into a societal autumn. And what 60 Harvests, left is about is about saying, look, now is the time for us to change, to change direction, to avoid us getting into a perpetual winter. And to do that, uh, let's look at some uh, fantastic, life affirming, beautiful solutions that are readily at hand that can help us to walk into this fantastic new spring. Now, before I get to those, I just want to explain The picture that you're looking at is a picture uh, of the the farm uh, on which I live. I live on a farm hamlet in West Sussex. Uh, It's not my farm. Um, We have all of the view and none of the work. But uh, I have a writing companion and here he is, Duke, our rescue dog. And Duke and I wander the fields and and woodlands in our area every day and we're joined by our neighbours 40 cows that are, are munching the pasture along the river valley here just as nature intended and it's beautiful to see but i want to just begin this evening by recounting a particularly memorable moment because where we live living in the countryside means that i can see the good and bad of farming all around. And on this particular day, Duke and I were out on our walk. And what we saw was a tractor pulling a plow. Nothing unusual about that. The, 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 the tractor was plowing a lonely furrow and dust was was uh, rising and catching the sun, creating an aura. And it was a, 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 a beautiful specter, a beautiful spectacle that uh, is a classic country scene. But you know what? I thought, hang on, something's wrong. And when I looked, I could see that there was something missing. There were no birds following the plough. The plough went straight over our footpath, which meant I could get a bird's eye view of the soil as it was turned upside down. And I looked and stared at that soil just after the plough had been. Do you know what I saw? Nothing. Not a single worm or beetle or other bug trying to bustle back into their burrow. Their world just turned upside down. The soil had become sand. It was like walking on the moon. That field was being used to grow maize. So corn, which is a a common animal feed, and it was being grown using chemical pesticides and fertilizers. And so the fertility had dissipated, had just disappeared. And no wonder then that when the rain and the wind comes, the soil of that field was disappearing too, becoming silt in our local rivers. And it reminded me of cornfields that I'd seen, maize fields in Nebraska, in the Midwest of America, the spiritual birthplace of factory farming. And there what, we, what I remember seeing was that not only was there endless uh, GM corn producing produced using chemical pesticides and fertilisers. But that much of that corn was being used to feed factory farmed animals caged, crammed and confined. I remember seeing a Nebraskan feedlot where hundreds of cows were standing in dusty paddocks, not a blade of grass in sight. And I remember thinking these feedlots, because so many animals, must be really noisy. But it was eerily quiet. The only thing that broke the silence was the odd cough or wail from unhealthy animals. And they stood in the intense Nebraskan summer sun without any shade. No wonder then that they were jostling, trying to lie down into each other's shadow. Factory farming has become big business, not just in uh, the U.S. but uh, across the world. And here in the U.K., despite uh, government um, intentions uh, to the to, to, uh, to the to the better, we have seen factory farming continuing to spread since uh, over the last five years. The number of mega farms, U.S. Uh, scale mega farms, have increased by a third. We now have uh, more than a thousand U.S style mega farms where uh, pigs, chickens, cows uh, and other animals are kept uh, in confinement, fed on grain uh, that is produced using these industrial methods that drive out wildlife. Here is a picture of a U.S. feedlot. So this just gives you an idea of scale. A hundred thousand cows standing in one spot. What I've come to realise is that because of the way that we're now treating the land, the way that we're now farming in an industrial way, change is inevitable. Why do I say this? Well, because factory farming has become the biggest cause of animal suffering on the planet. Unhappy animals living in unhealthy conditions means a great rise in disease. No wonder, then, that three quarters of the world's antibiotics are fed to farmed animals, mainly to ward off the inevitable disease. At the same time, wildlife on farmland is declining. If you've got large fields, big fields that are soaked in in chemicals, artificial fertilisers, no habitat, the wildlife disappears. And the UN warns that if we carry on, farming as we are, then we could have just 60 harvests left in the world's soils. What that means is within 60 years, there could be no soil and therefore no food. Game over. Change is inevitable. But what does change look like? And here is where we look at spring, the, what the spring for our society could look like. And the first way that we can reverse the declines is through regenerating the countryside. And what this means is bring farmed animals back out of those factory farms in fewer numbers and have them moving around the farm in mixed rotational uh, systems where they're able to fertilize the soil naturally, where you don't need the chemical pesticides and fertilizers. The other aspect is let's rethink protein. At the moment, as a global society, we're eating too much meat and dairy from, from animal sources. So what I what I would suggest is that we can all seize the power of our plate by eating more plants and less and better meat and milk. And what I mean by that, what I mean by better is uh, is animal sourced foods that come from animals that are given a decent life on regenerative, nature friendly farms looking for pasture fed, free range or organic. These are, are labels to aspire to. And the third of what I see as the three R's to help us get to this spring-like new phase in humanity's future is rewilding, not least rewilding the soil. And here, what I would suggest is that we should be bringing back the elephant. Bring back the elephant to the UK, to Europe, to the USA, across the world. And actually here, I'm not literally talking about big animals with long floppy ears and a trunk. What I'm saying is that we should bring back the elephant's weight of biodiversity that should be under each football pitch sized uh, portion of um, healthy arable soil. Each football pitch patch of soil soil should have 4 million worms, 13,000 species, rich biodiversity that we bring back by bringing animals back to the land, far fewer of them in balance in a nature friendly farming system. And this way we can move forward to a new dawn for uh, agriculture for farming in this country and in so doing we're going to need to embrace these new ways of doing things in, in and it's so important that governments get behind it that uh, things like the environmental land management scheme uh, that that uh, the uk government has agreed to stays in place that we 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 hatch new uh, and very special Uh, ways of creating our food. It won't always be easy. Sometimes it'll be a little bit gawky, a little bit difficult. But if we persist, then what we will see is a return to nature in all of its splendor, not just in the UK, but across the world. Ladies and gentlemen, let's seize the future. Let's walk into that new spring through regenerating the countryside, rethinking our protein and rewilding the soil. In this way, we can create a better world for animals, people and the planet and save the future for our children. Thank you so much.